This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Hello and welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network. My name is Sean Drotar, your host. It's S Drotar on Twitter if you'd like, S-D-R-O-T-A-R. We're going to take a look at four different games in the NHL tonight, try to find a way to find some value in some of these matchups. There are a lot of good matchups tonight, so we'll just dive right in. We'll start with Winnipeg. At Nashville, Winnipeg having a, a decent season, 17-12-6, and 7-6-5 on the road. A lot of overtime games there on the road for the Jets. Nashville, of course, having a very, very solid season at their 24-14-3. Third place in that Central Division, really tied for second with the Blues at 51. But uh, they find themselves in a matchup here with the Jets, who visit after having a shutout win by their goaltender, Connor Hellebuck, last week at this point in time, they beat the Detroit Red Wings 3-0, to but since then they had a game postponed. They've had three of what was supposed to be their last five postponed, including Sunday's game against Edmonton. So after losing on Tuesday to Washington in overtime, 4-3, to they take on Nashville tonight. Now, the Predators find themselves in a strange spot. Like I said, they're having a pretty good year, tied for second in the Central, but... They're 0-3-1 in their last four. The last time they managed to get a win, oddly, was against the Colorado Avalanche, the only team in which the Avalanche have not flat-out won in regulation yet this year. They're 9-0-1 as it starts. We'll have more on the Avalanche later. But since that big win over Colorado, things have been wobbly for Nashville. They lost 4-1 to to Buffalo. They lost in overtime to Boston, and then they've lost to St. Louis and Vancouver. Those last two games, each two-goal margins. So when you take a look at this game as it stands, obviously the, the base numbers are there. Nashville, they're expected to win on the money line, minus 145, despite the fact, of course, they've lost four in a row, including that one in overtime. Now, part of that is because this is still a team that scores goals. Even in their last 10, even though they're 5-3-2, it's 3.3 goals per game, and they've had a pretty solid save percentage as a team, 9-19. They also find themselves to be reasonably healthy. That's the advantage there that might be more significant with guys like Paul Stasny and Blake Wheeler uh, out for the Jets. You can see why the Predators find themselves a favorite. But if you want to go into the puck line, it's a little bit different. Now, if you're confident in the Predators, and it's maybe a little bit understandably difficult to be so, you can get them on uh, that uh, th- that puck line at a minus 1.5. They have to win by two over the Jets. If they do, though, you get plus money at a plus 160. The Jets, of course, minus 190 on the other side of that, plus one and a half. Now, that's a decent amount of juice to give up. I kind of like that bet as far as a winner, but there must be a probably a better way we can find a way to see how this shakes out. Well, some of that is in this example, right? We've talked about that last 10 games for the Preds, averaging 3.3 goals. The Jets averaging 2.8 goals during that span. That gets them at 6.1 together, and of course, that's why you have the over-under set at five and a half. Now, however, the expectations are... They're going to go over that because the over 5.5 is minus 130. Now, that gives things in line with their average. The Predators, with the ego over it, of course, the Predators with the higher scoring team, then you have a plus 110. That's the part 
I kind of like right here. When I like the specific matchup, I do like that over 5.5 with these teams averaging over that anyway. And both of them coming in with some wobbly play of late. Besides that shutout, obviously you run into a spot where Winnipeg can give up some points. So I like that situation. I certainly like the fact that Nashville, while they may be a better team, haven't been playing like it. They've had them switching out goalies, trying to find the answer, and been losing by two over and over again. So in the last four losses that won in overtime, as I pointed out, they have given up 16 goals. Well, that's four per. So then all you need is a pair of goals by Winnipeg, even in a Winnipeg loss, to go ahead and get that. So I like that over 5.5 goals at a plus 110. Now, if you feel confident that the Preds are going to win this game and win it outright, instead of going on the money line, which is a minus one. 45, you can go into that 60-minute line and get it at a plus 105, which might be a pretty decent fit for a lot of folks who believe in Nashville, who is probably, look, they're the better team. They just haven't been playing like it. So there in that game, obviously, a little bit to look at. You look at the, the Jets and the Predators. In this case, I like the over 5.5, but I also do like the Predators to get right I think at a certain point, they almost have to do it. And I kind of like them winning on the 60-minute line, which would give them a plus 105. So uh, not outlandishly high numbers, but then again, you're trying to find a couple different values where you don't have to pay uh, that extra juice. So that's maybe one of the better fits. Now, let's move to a little later in the evening where you have the Florida Panthers, of course, uh, one of the league's very best, 26-8-5. That is the second best record in the entire Eastern Conference behind only Tampa Bay, and they have been playing lights out, 8-1-1 in their last 10 games. Obviously, this is a very good team and a team with an awful lot of ability facing a team with an awful lot of skill. The Edmonton Oilers, looking at you, Connor McDavid, and the, uh, well, let's say... Uh, Moody, Leon Dreisaitl, if you saw his opportunity to talk with the press a, a couple of days ago about this Edmonton team. And, and there's good reason for it. Edmonton's still over 500, 18-15-2, a decent team at home, 10-7-1. And, and that's probably relevant because the Florida Panthers on the road are an odd 5-5-5. Five, five, and five. Sort of a strange matchup there. So you're talking about two of the league's top scorers in Dreisaitl and Jonathan Huberdeau. Obviously, when you're looking at these kind of, of talents, Dreisaitl with 54 points and Huberdeau with 53, find themselves in the top four in the league together. This should make for a rather interesting game, especially given the fact that the Panthers, obviously we talked about it, very, very good team. Since they got their, league re their season restarted and the league restarted back, uh, in the beginning of the new year, right at the end of the tail end of the, the December schedule. The 29th is when they kicked back off after their four games postponed when the league sort of shut itself down. They have been more or less riding Bobrovsky and Ned, although they went with Spencer Knight in two of their games since they've come back. One was a 9-3 win over Tampa Bay, which is a tremendous team, the best team uh, in, in the league, the defending champs. I mean, you're talking about some extraordinary talent there, and, and they smoked them. So you know what the Panthers are capable of. They have won eight of their last ten games, only one of those in overtime, and one of those losses all the way to the shootout, but that was back on January 6th. Yes, they lost their last game 5-1 to one at Calgary, but that pales in comparison to what's going on with the Oilers right now. The Oilers are a mess. In their last 12 games, folks, 12 games, they are 2-8-2 two, two, 
It's been a disaster for them. They haven't won a game since December 18th versus Seattle. So you can see why Dreisaitl was so uh, frustrated in his post-game press conference recently. Now, to be fair, the league had its stoppage during that time. Four of those games were postponed. And they continued to have some challenges with COVID. So four more games were postponed in the earlier part of this month. They just came back to play. Lost to Ottawa 6-4. to four. So the schedule has been really problematic for Edmonton. It hasn't been a good fit for them. And that's been a lot of their problems to a certain extent. Now, they have to be better on the whole than they have. But certainly, they are a better team than the way they performed. And, and virtually nobody in the league is at a stranger situation when it comes to the fit here, when it, the scheduling. The Oilers have had it really, really tough. So this is a better game than I think most people would have you believe. Now, Florida is certainly better, one of the very best teams in the league, a, a Stanley Cup contender in every legitimate way. They are 155, minus 155 on the money line. On the puck line, minus 1.5 over there, plus 145. Now, like I said, Edmonton is kind of a mess, and they are frustrated right now. They have found themselves uh, dealing with a lot of COVID issues of late. They are finding themselves at a very risky spot in their season. Are they, are they a better team than the way they've played in the last month? They are. But at a certain point, things can start to get out of control. This could be one of those games. Now, fortunately for Edmonton, they are at home. But if you like the situation there for Florida, and I do, I do think Florida is going to win this game. They're they're very, very good. They're better. I don't know if they're going to beat them by two. If you feel they're that bold, go ahead and take that puck line where they're minus one and a half at a plus 145. But while I try to look for plus money where you can, sometimes a good deal is a good deal. The Panthers minus 155 on the money line to win. If you go to the 60-minute line, one of the things that uh, we talk about here on this podcast, oftentimes with our uh, guest, uh, Nate Lundy, who joins us for a lot of these hockey broadcasts, he's a, a big advocate of the 60-minute line. As long as that game doesn't go to overtime, then you have an opportunity to make some money there. The Panthers there tonight are minus 105 on that 60-minute line. So you're getting uh, a pretty good deal there. Not a lot of uh, uh, of juice you're having to pay for a team that I think is quite a bit better. That's something I'd like to jump on. So I look at that Panthers uh, game, and I look at that minus 105 on the 60-minute line, and I do like that. Now, if you want to get into some of the scoring, of course, you're talking about some elite scorers, as we mentioned earlier in this game. You can't get a lot of money on the anytime scores if you want to get into individual player props, but Dreisaitl is even money to score. You're talking about a plus 100 there to score at any point, anytime score. And uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, as we mentioned, plus 175. Now, maybe in that case, if I was going to go one player to score a goal, it might be Uberdu is the one that I'm looking at. So for this game in particular, I don't think the Oilers are going to get completely out of this spiral here, but I do expect them to kind of punch back. They're angry sometimes when teams get agitated like that, frustrated like that. They come out and they play hard. I don't like the Panthers on the puck line of minus one and a half, but I do like them on that 60-minute line of 105. The over-under at 6.5 is a tough one. That ends up being an interesting one to touch because, of course, both of these teams are potentially so high-scoring. But on the road, Florida's been rather mediocre. And, of course, as we talked about, the Oilers are in pretty uh, bad shape of late. So in this one, I'm looking at the 60-minute line Panthers at minus 105, and I'm looking at... 
Jonathan Uberdue as an anytime score at plus 175. We'll get to our third game here, going out to Los Angeles where the Colorado Avalanche take on the LA Kings. As I mentioned, the Avalanche 9-0 and 1 in their last 10. They have not lost a game since the season restarted. They are red hot, as you would have expected. Minus 185 on the money line. A plus 140 on the puck line of a minus 1.5. And, and that is kind of what I like going on here. The Avs, 26, 8, and 3, find themselves now leading the Central Division and have the best record in the Western Conference by four points over the Blues and the Predators. The amazing thing is when you look at all the other teams that have 45 or more points on the season, only the Minnesota Wild at 47, eight points behind the Avs, have played fewer games than the Avalanche's 37 games played. Two in hand against the Blues and four in hand against the Predators, whom they both lead by four points in that central division. Now, the Kings are a very good team. They find themselves in second. They're only three points behind the Vegas Golden Knights in the Pacific and at home. They're a good enough team, 13-9-2. But the Avalanche, dominant at home, aren't slouches on the road either. 10-6-2 in their road schedule. But the interesting part of this, if you're looking at what be what might be able to give the Kings a chance against an Avalanche team that is now looking healthy and is very dangerous, is the fact that the Avalanche played last night. And they played in a, a rather physical, tough, gritty game that looked a little bit like a playoff game against a very game Anaheim Ducks team in which the Avalanche won 2-0, but the second tally was an empty netter by Nassim Kadri. So really a, a playoff type performance. Pavel Francouz coming back from injury that kept him out for almost two years, by the way. Francouz has now started five of the last seven games and the Avs have won all five of them, uh, one of them in overtime and one of them in shootout. Now, Francois is not expected to go tonight. It is Darcy Kemper who's expected to go tonight. Kemper got uh, kind of run in what looked like a cheap shot in the Avalanche's previous game against Minnesota in which they got a shootout win, but he was able to dress last night as the backup, so Kemper will be fresh. He is 17-5-1 on the year, which sounds amazing, but the goals against of 2.72 only ranks him 23rd in the league. That said, the Avalanche have the potential to play in front of him and score a lot of points. This Avalanche team, when it comes to point generation, uh, almost puts up numbers that seem unreal. The Avalanche in the Western Conference put up 35 shots a game, an average, average 4.2 goals per game. That is remarkable. And after having a slow start, Nathan McKinnon, Six goals in the last 10 games, having over a point per game average on the season. And it is Nassim Kadri, the last man into the All-Star game, that has been the revelation. 51 points. Another two points last night. He had the empty netter and an assist on the goal by defenseman Sam Girard to become maybe a breakout candidate at the age of 31. Pretty remarkable. It is the defense to keep in mind on the Fs. As much as I do like the Kings and the way the Kings play, and I do expect this game to be kind of physical, uh, it's going to be a national game. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, excitement around it. But I do like what the Avalanche can do simply because they can bring so many more scoring options to bear. They lead the league in goals by defensemen, and it's not even particularly close. So when you look at the Avalanche's scoring potential, now that this team is more or less healthy, 
There are a couple that I like here. Now, I don't generally like an over-under where you have to pay 120, but with these two teams playing the way they play, I think I might go for it when the when the over-under is at an even six because you're protected a little bit by that push. They haven't put that hook in there of that half goal. So even though it's a minus 120, you are covered. You're a little bit safe if it ends up actually landing at six. So I don't mind that. The Avalanche winning by two at a plus 140 gives you the idea of how the difference is there. They are minus 185 to win on, on the money line. They are minus 115 on that 60-minute line we discussed. But on the puck line, plus 140. 40. This is a team that puts up big-time points. They did not last night, but prior to that, the Avalanche haven't scored fewer than four goals in a game since December 16th. That far off. So this is the most reliable goal-scoring team in the league. So when I look at it, I'm looking at that over of six, and I'm looking at the Avalanche. I'm going to throw it out there. Even on a back-to-back night, I kind of like that puck line of minus 105, or pardon me, the puck line of uh, minus 1.5 at plus 140. I I like that. If you want to start looking at the player props in this one, for the Avalanche at least, I mean, throw in anybody, I guess. Uh, Mika Randon, Nathan McKinnon, Nizem Kadri, as we talked about, uh, the great Kale McCarr. uh, All of these players could score goals. The Avalanche certainly could score them in bunches. This might be one of those games where if you start going into the anytime score, or maybe even the first score, because here's one of the things that I've liked to do at times when you have a high-scoring team like the Avalanche. Over at DraftKings, they have their first score player prop. Mika Ranton is a plus 900. Nathan McKinnon is a plus 950. Kadri is a plus 1,200. And we talked about Makar, plus 1,400. Well, if you were to put, let's say, one unit on each of those guys, as long as one of the four score, you'll actually come out way ahead. So those are the kind of things when you're talking about a team like the Avalanche that I sort of like. Now, if you like them anytime scores, obviously you can get plus money on anybody of those guys and you have a pretty good chance. But you might be really able to jump ahead if you can pick, you have an opportunity now to pick four players potentially that, to be the first score in the game. And as long as one of them hits, any one of them, you still come out far ahead. So that's one of the options I'd like to look at at some of these games with teams that are very high scoring as well. We're going to look at our final game briefly here to teams in various shades of teal out west the san jose sharks take on the seattle kraken uh, the sharks find themselves with a uh, good season 21 17 and 2 mediocre on the road 10 9 and 0 of course the seattle kraken an expansion team you don't expect them to put up particularly good numbers in their first season because uh, they did not get the sort of uh overcharged advantage that the vegas golden knights did in their expansion year the kraken 11 23 and 4 overall 7 12 and 2 at home that said the Kraken are the money line favorite in this game at minus 115. Now, you're in a strange one where the Sharks are actually minus 105 on that money line. The puck line for a, a, a team like the Kraken, obviously, uh, if they were to stay close, it's minus 310. So the expectation is this is going to be a very close game. The Sharks at the minus 1.5 on that puck line are a plus 245. All the expectations is this game is going to be close. That over-under at 5.5 actually has minus odds on both sides of it. So the expectation is it's really close. Well, here's an interesting idea for you then. If you feel that it will be, because uh, the Sharks obviously have been uh, a better team all year, but the Kraken are playing pretty well. As a matter of fact, they finally broke 
a rather lengthy losing streak, of course, some of them in overtime against Chicago. They win a 3-2 to two in that shootout. They managed to get uh, Grubauer back in it. Philip Grubauer is back there. And, and this is a, a game where you presume the Sharks should win. I don't mind paying the Sharks' money line on that at a minus 105. I don't mind that at all. I certainly don't mind them playing on the 60-minute line where the Sharks are plus 165. I don't really give any sort of significant home ice advantage to the Kraken here because obviously the, the talent is different. Both of these teams are rested. Neither has played uh, since Monday. But noting that, of course, the, the, the folks in Vegas have everything set up and more or less expecting it to be a very tight game with all the, the, the primary odds, the money line, the puck line, uh, the total, all tipping to that. Here's a fun one if you feel like you want to go for it. That 60-minute line again, one of the sort of hidden gems, I think, in hockey betting. You can go with the Sharks at plus 165. That's where I'm going to go. But if you really feel bold, you can go for a draw, which means if that game goes to overtime, you win, no matter which team does. That draw, as it stands right now, is plus 330. So that's what we're looking at today over here at Sticks and Stacks. A couple opportunities to slice and dice the NHL schedule. Pardon me, NHL schedule. NFL playoffs coming up this weekend, of course. And over at the Sawdust Podcast Network, you can check out all of our other podcasts like Fade the Noise to get all over your NFL action as well, especially player props. Our friend Brad Evans loves the player props, so check out Fade the Noise there as well. But the NHL schedule tonight on a Thursday, that's what we're looking. So four different games. We'll do this tomorrow also on a Friday as the weekend gets cooking. So appreciate you tuning in. Tell your friends. You can obviously subscribe uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Anywhere you listen to that, you can probably just click that little button and hop on. Our guest Nate Lundy will be back next week. But as for now, I'm Sean Drotar, your host, S-T-R-O-T-A-R on Twitter. Thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.